Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello again, everybody. This is Pastor Visser from the Covenant People's Church in downtown Brooks, Georgia, accessible on the internet at covenantpeoplesministry.org. And dear kinsfolk, this morning I would like to study the subject of the cutoff time, quote-unquote. That is to say that it is Yahweh God who gives us His mercy, and it is Jesus Christ who gives us His grace. But these offerings are not eternal. That means that there is a time that you must do it in, an allotted amount of time. And as we covered in my sermon, A Reprobate Mind, several weeks ago, dear kinsfolk, you might remember that it is Yahweh God Himself who oftentimes will give a person a reprobate mind. Not only because they do not like to retain Yahweh God in their knowledge, that is to say His laws and His morality, but also because they would rather take the truth of Yahweh God, that is His word, and turn it into a lie. To them, the word of God is an offense. And so, continuing answering the question, what is Christian identity? I would say, dear kinsfolk, that Christian identity has no one leader except for Jesus Christ and the Word, or the living Word incarnate, does not have one set rule, does not have one set dogma. Thus, it stands to reason that it is the Word of God that is our guidebook. It is the morality of Yahweh God, and it is His will for us today. Yahweh God will extend that mercy, but it is not for an infinite amount of time. It is for an allotted amount of time. And there are many examples in the Bible. For example, we know the story of the Exodus. We know that it was Pharaoh who hardened his hearts as Moses came up to him and said that he would give him the plagues of Yahweh God or that these ten plagues would be laid out. Indeed, it was Pharaoh who hardened his own heart, at least for the first few times, and then it is Yahweh God who hardened it Thereafter, it is Yahweh God who gave Pharaoh over to a reprobate mind. That's one such example. We also have the example of King Zedekiah during Jeremiah's time, and you can read about that in Jeremiah, the 21st chapter. But today we're going to focus exclusively on the New Testament. That is, on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because within Christian identity, whether you call him Jesus Christ or Yahshua Messiah, it is He, our Savior, who should be the focal point. And so before beginning this morning's study, dear kinsfolk, I'd like to announce that Morris Gallet has recently been released from prison. The reason I bring this up is because well over five years ago, I authored some sermons called Wicked for the Day of Evil, Parts 1 and 2. And in these particular sermons, I discuss that it is Yahweh God Himself who creates and sends evil, false prophets, wickedness, and so forth amongst His people to test them, to try them to see whether they will serve him or not. And in those particular sermons, I discussed that Morris Gallet had recently become incarcerated. So I felt it only fair to mention that he is out of prison at this time. But nonetheless, dear kinsfolk, 
In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, beginning in verse 21, it is Jesus Christ who straightforwardly teaches. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, which day? The day of the Lord. What will they say? They'll say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Question. And in thy name have cast out devils? Another question. And in thy name done many wonderful works? Third question. And then will I, Jesus speaking, Jesus will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What do we see there, dear kinsfolk? What we see is the cut-off time. That is a cut-off time because it is too late during the day of the Lord. We understand that the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom age, or at least the end of this earth age, and it is the age in which Jesus Christ returns to establish his throne on earth as it is in heaven. And so here it is, Jesus Christ teaching us, in essence, in this latter era, that in the day of the Lord, in the day of judgment, many will come unto Jesus Christ and they'll say, have we not prophesied in thy name? Meaning, haven't we spoken in your name? Haven't we professed to be Christians? This group of people would encompass the Sunday Christians. Those who hear the word, but don't do the word. Those who say, hey, I love Jesus Christ, and that's all that's required of me. And that is the reason why I'm bringing up this sermon today. This cut-off time. Because it is the way of Judeo-Christianity to come along and say, well, God concerns himself very little with his creation down here. So, in essence, all you've got to do is live however you want to, and as long as you ask forgiveness, well, Jesus Christ, like some lucky rabbit's foot, is somehow bound and must forgive you your sins, but this is not the teaching. As we just covered in Matthew chapter 7, we understand Jesus Christ is going to tell many people, depart from me, who? Those that came and prophesied in his name. But what did they not do? They didn't do the will of Yahweh God. What else do they ask? They say, in thy name, we've cast out devils. Indeed, many of them may be able to. We understand that Jesus Christ taught that there's power within the name, that the name itself can cast out devils. But it's not enough. Why? They did not do the will of Yahweh God. And third, they'll say this. In thy name, Jesus Christ, we've done many wonderful works. And this, of course, is according to the judgment of man. Well, they'll say it's a wonderful work to uh, take meat out of our children's mouths here in America and send it over there to Kenya where there are voodoo witchcraft people who hate Jesus Christ. Or they'll say, we've done great works in your name, Jesus Christ, by appointing a Negro ruler over us, one who is an Antichrist, one who has Muslim ties and hates Jesus Christ and Christianity. Oh, indeed. They may say they've done many wonderful works in the name of Jesus Christ, but guess what? Again, they did not do the will of Yahweh God. The will, my friends, is the law. The law that is transcribed for one and all times in the books of Deuteronomy and Leviticus. The will and morality of Yahweh God, who says this is right, this is wrong. Man attempts to come along and define those terms by themselves. For example, they may condemn someone like me as racist, thus sinful. But is the law of God against racism, quote-unquote, at least what they want you to believe this term means? That is the difference. Dear kinsfolk, only Yahweh God can judge us. We must understand that many out there profess to be Christians. They're the ones who come and say, Jesus Christ, I did many great things in your name. But they didn't keep the law. In fact, most of them, like today, most likely are teaching that the law is done away with. 
Oh, indeed, we understand that it was loving John and his epistles who straightforwardly taught us that all sin is a transgression of the law. That is the biblical definition of sin. So, dear kinsfolk, when we fail at keeping Yahweh God's eternal law, that is when we have sinned. And that is the reason why Jesus Christ so adamantly, continually taught repentance. Like John the Baptist before him. Like Jeremiah. Like Isaiah. Like even Abraham and Moses. They taught repentance. Repent from your transgressions of the law of Yahweh God. But man seemingly oftentimes will not repent. And if God was as the Judeo-Christians want you to believe he was, that is always forgiving, always compassionate, and never having this cut-off time, well, dear kinsfolk, there'd be no need for repentance, would there? But the truth of the matter is, this is not what Scripture teaches. Jesus Christ continually railed against the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees of his time, and even many Israelites, teaching them that they erred in not knowing the Word of God. That, my friends, is what separates Christian identity from the rest of the Christian cliques out there. We believe that the Word of God bears all preeminence over all things. And so there are numerous examples of Jesus Christ teaching the same exact thing. That is what Yahweh God taught. Yahweh would send his prophets for a time in the Old Testament, but there was always a point at which, when they did not hear, destruction would come upon them. The wages of sin is death, dear kinsfolk, and that's manifest throughout all of Scripture. But nonetheless, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verse 43, it says this, Jesus speaking and teaching straightforwardly us. He says this, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, common sense. And an evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, again, common sense. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Understand this. Jesus Christ taught this many times. Out of the mouth proceeds what's in the hearts of men. That means if we see a foul-mouthed bastard within Christian identity who seemingly cannot keep his mouth quiet, who rails against everybody else because he's a paranoid, delusional nut, well, we should understand that he has an evil heart. Moreover, it is Jesus Christ here who is teaching and equating men to trees. Teaching us that we're to judge a person, tree, quote-unquote, according to its fruits, works, quote-unquote. That is, the works that come forth out of a person's hands. If a particular person is engaging in gossip and slander continually against everybody, and sometimes even his own self, we should understand that he's bringing forth corrupt fruit, which is no fruit at all. This, again, dear kinsfolk, we see as a cut-off time. It's a time that Jesus Christ says, well, what are we going to do with these trees, or these branches, or these vines, quote-unquote, that are grafted in, that don't bring forth fruit, that don't have works? What are works, dear kinsfolk? The will of God. That is, His law. If you do not do the law, if you do not do what is Jesus and Yahweh's will, dear kinsfolk, well then, you will be an abominable branch. You will be cut off. Cut off from among the congregation and cut off from the kingdom of heaven, quote-unquote. That is the kingdom age. You will not partake of that. Why? You had no works. 
We must understand that it was James who taught faith without works is dead. What good is it to say you have faith? Faith will not save you. Faith will not enter you into the kingdom of Yahweh, dear kinsfolk. The devils believe and tremble. Faith is not enough. Repentance is part of that. And that is why Jesus Christ teaches us. We must be meek enough to understand when we fail, when we have shortcomings, when we come against Yahweh God and we do not please Him. The way of man is to come along and self-justify and say, well, anything I do is okay in the eyes of Yahweh God. That's simply not the case. We must understand that a good man, the good treasure of his heart, will bring forth that which is good. His fruits, what you can see, will be good. But if all that person brings forth is perversion, you know he has an evil heart. And I might add, dear kinsfolk, that in Scripture there is no such term as heart. Heart means mind. It's relatively straightforward. What comes from the mouth is what's in a person's brain. What a person tells you is not necessarily who they are. It is their fruits. It is what they do. We must understand that Jesus Christ many times dealt with the Pharisees. The Pharisees outwardly would give the appearance that they were religious, that they were pious, that they did no evil, that they taught the law of God. But inwardly, they were not. Inwardly, they were hypocrites like the rulers of our era today. And so that is the reason why Jesus Christ would teach this. This is in judgment. And understand, if Jesus Christ was not judge and supreme ruler of all, what he's teaching here could be considered a form of blasphemy. For example, he says right before that in the Gospel of Luke, verse 41, he asks, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest now not the beam that is in thine own eye? Question. Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye. Then thou shalt see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Understand this concept straightforward, is it not? Well, we see many people out there who love gossiping. They love railing against pastors that are better than them. That is their fruits. That is what they do. They are the ones that are so hypocritical, they don't understand. They're called by the word of God. To esteem every man better than themselves. Where is their Jesus? Does not show. They do not have any works. These are the ones that will be cast out by Jesus Christ on the day of the Lord. And so we see that Jesus Christ once again equates people to trees, telling his disciples to judge according to their fruits. So we see that the teaching of the seed liner, that is the Proto-Evangelion, all the way back in Genesis, about the trees or the serpent within the tree, Again, we see to be correct, at least according to biblical analogy. And there are many analogies within the Bible. For example, we understand that it is Yahweh God who was married to his people, Israel. This is the covenant, the covenant being the law. That if they would keep that law, Yahweh God would bless them. But every time they did not keep the law, Yahweh God would curse them, add them to the plague. That's what you're seeing today in Europe, Australia, and America, dear kinsfolk. You're seeing a disobedient people who are scattered in the first place, being chastised by their God. That is, the one true God, Yahweh God. Understand there are many people out there, and we covered this. They'll come along to Jesus Christ in judgment and say, I be Christian too. I did great works. I was a great person. But they're actually not fit for the kingdom. They are what's known as antinomian. They are lawless. They are ill-equipped because they do not know the law. And when discussing the concept of those that are ill-equipped, Within the Word, we should now begin reading the Gospel of Matthew, 
beginning in chapter 25, at the very beginning. I'll be reading this one in the Revised Standard Version, dear kinsfolk. It says this, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Jesus Christ speaking, and Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. We must understand that. This parable that he's teaching here is about his return, coming to claim his beloved bride. We understand from the rest of scripture that his bride or Israel, the Israelite people in dysphoria are dispersed today. Christ continues, Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those maidens, that is all ten, rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, Perhaps there will not be enough for us and you. Go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with them to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other maidens came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. Just like those who came along and said, I know you, Jesus Christ, in judgment. Those who said, we did many miracles. We even cast out demons. Jesus Christ will say to them, I don't know you. Understand, these are virgins. These are Israelites, if you want to take it on a flesh level, on a racial level. These are Israelites who were ill-prepared. They were not ready at the midnight hour. They were not ready when the bridegroom came. They were not having any works of their own. We must understand the oil of our peoples, quote-unquote, is a metaphor for the truth, the word, the word of God, the oil of our peoples, the healing oil. The truth shall set you free. And so half of these virgins were wise because they were prepared. They had enough forethought to equip themselves to have oil so that when the bridegroom came to reclaim his bride, they would be ready. And at the same time, we see from this same parable that those five, and only those five, made it in. There was a cutoff time, a time in which the door was shut, and Jesus Christ would no longer extend His grace, no longer extend His love. We must understand that Jesus Christ taught us to follow within His same footsteps, to do as He did, and that many times we do even greater works than He. But it was Jesus Christ who had a cutoff time. A time in which he had had enough. For example, in John chapter 8, we understand that it was Jesus Christ who drew a line in the sand. That was his cutoff time, his cutoff point. To wit, you do not cross that. You do not test the Lord your God. And so many people within Christian identity are very familiar with this parable. We understand that there's many racial parallels. But what we must glean, in my opinion, from the parable of the ten maidens is this. Be prepared. Have works to your credit. Because the grace of Jesus Christ does not extend forever. There is a point at which you offend Yahweh God. And again, I might add, we covered this in a reprobate mind. There is a point where Yahweh God himself will say, you know what, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. If you want to be reprobate, if you want to be filthy, well, Yahweh God will give you that. But if you want to inherit the kingdom, if you want to inherit come up with Yahweh God, that is, to be called according to His will, to do His will here on earth, then dear kinsfolk, repent. 
Be a clean vessel. Understand that the prayer of the sinner is an abomination in the eyes of Yahweh God. If you're going to approach Yahweh, at least do so in a clean state. Spiritually clean. And the only way you can know that you are in that state fit enough to be heard of Yahweh God is from His law. That's why it was a foreshadowing. So you would understand that you must be clean to approach the throne of Yahweh God and at the same time, if you sin, if you fall, if you violate, you will be unclean for a certain amount of time. Most oftentimes until the evening. And so it's not a very hard concept to understand. In fact, it's rather clear cut. Is Jesus Christ saying, if you're not prepared when I return, it'll be too late. And so we, oftentimes in life, should do the same. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel, and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, and you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that has been renewed in His Holy Spirit, so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life, and help to build His church, so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith, and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Many times in life, we often find ourselves at our own cutoff time. A time in which we have had all we can stand. A time in which we will go no further. Answering a fool according to his folly, for example. Allowing others to dictate to us how to live our lives when we know that the will of God is often diametrically opposed to the will of man. Indeed, oftentimes out there within Judeo-Christianity, within the modern church, what is taught behind the pulpit isn't substantiated within the Word of God. And at the same time, these hypocritical stage actors have the audacity to come along and call us cult leaders. Have the audacity to come along and say that those who teach according to the Word of God are the false prophets. But it's simply not the case. It's up to you to understand Jesus Christ doesn't extend His grace forever. That there is a time in which you must act. That is your will. You can sit back in complacency and say you have faith, but what good does your faith do you? The devils believe and tremble. Do the word. Do the will. And that is what is required of you, dear kinsfolk. Understand that these virgins were there. They were there within the temple. They were just ill-prepared. They didn't understand that Jesus Christ was coming to reclaim them. They didn't have enough light or truth or spiritual guidance or fiber to make it through. And, not only that, the other five virgins who were considered wise, were considered wise because they told the other five unwise virgins, we won't give you our oil. That, my friends, was their cut-off time. Oh no, indeed, you can go and buy your own. But unfortunately, by the time they got back, well, the door was closed. Jesus Christ had cut off grace for them. And now, to get to the main point of this morning's sermon, back in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, beginning in verse 6, Jesus Christ continues. It says this, He spake also this parable, 
A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. What do we see here? We see the cutoff time. We see that not only will there be an intervening spirit who will say, oh, not so, give it one more year, let us dung it, meaning let us mulch it off, let us feed it, let us nurture this tree, but it will not bring forth fruit. And if it does not bring forth fruit, it is Yahweh God himself who says, cut it down. And moreover, cut it down so it doesn't cumber the ground. So it doesn't waste the trace elements of the soil that can be used for a tree that does bring forth fruit. Understand, cut off time once again. It's not Yahweh's will to have a waste of air, a waste of human flesh on earth. Yahweh God put you down here because there is a will for you. And His will is only found within His Word through prayer, through knowing who your God is. And so it is Yahweh God who oftentimes will nurture you. It is Him who says He will raise up prophets, teachers, according to His own heart, after His own heart, those who please Him, those who teach that the law must be adhered to. Understand that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17-19, through 19, Jesus Christ says that those who teach the law is done away with will be considered least in the kingdom. Least in the kingdom is outside the gate. And those that teach that the law must be adhered to will be considered great. That's one way of knowing who's genuine and who isn't. The antinomian will come along and say, well, I want to eat pork. And his self-justifying heart will suddenly start giving him these choice verses that he thinks say you can eat pork, but they simply do not. The Word of God is the only thing that is profitable. And so turn back to Matthew chapter 25. In all of these parables, it is Jesus Christ who is judged. It is Jesus Christ who will separate out between the tares and the wheat, for example. It is Jesus Christ who will give the cutoff time. It was Jesus Christ who will tell many people on the day of the Lord, I never knew you. Even though these particular people professed to have a form of godliness, but most likely denied the power thereof. The power of Yahweh God. The power of Yahweh God is manifest throughout all of His Word. We must understand that. It was the power of Yahweh God that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Are you going to believe the Bible? Or will you believe man? Man will come along and tell you it's okay to be gay, practically, in this day and age. And many interdenominational cliques that they consider churches out there to consult, but it's not true. If you understand the morality of God, you'll understand where the term sodomy comes from. You'll understand that Yahweh God holds homosexuals as reprobates, which we covered in our last sermon. Reprobates, their mind does not work. They are abominations to Yahweh God. But still, in his own love, he gives him the desires of his heart. Gives the reprobate what he wants. Jesus Christ would oftentimes teach, Woe unto ye rich, for ye received your consolation. That's all they get. Temporal gifts. They don't inherit the kingdom. And so for the final passages of this morning's study, again, back in Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31, it says this, And Jesus teaching, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, 
as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? Many questions they had for Jesus Christ, did they not? Verse 40. And the king shall say and answer unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he also say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Question. Then shall he, that is Jesus Christ, answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not, one to the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous, that is the sheep, unto life eternal. They inherit eternal life within the kingdom, but the goats do not. And once again, we see the reason why. The reason why was twofold. Number one, they did not have fruits. They did not please God. They did not do the will. Thus, they were deemed unclean. They were considered goats. And they were placed on the left side, the left hand of God, that is reserved for foolishness. And the second part, of course, was cut-off time. It is the day of the Lord. It is Yahweh's judgment on earth, more specifically, Jesus Christ. And it was Jesus Christ who taught us in all the gospel. Love your brother as yourself. Love your kinsfolk. Love your race. Love your nation. But do the word. If you're going to be a disciple, oftentimes, at least on a spiritual level, you must give up all you have to follow Jesus Christ. You must be ready to pick up your cross, that is to die upon it. Die to the world. Die to your old life. Die to the man of sin you once were. Die to many acquaintances that you've made over the years who simply will not respect you. Why? Well, once again, cut off time. There's many times where you must cut people off or else they will drag you down, just like Yahweh God says. Why is this tree even sucking up the nutrients of the earth? Wasting it because he's not bringing forth fruit. So you understand that that term, waste of air, right there, is what he's saying in essence. If you're a waste of air, you can sit around and blow hot air all you want. You can say you believe in God. You can go to church every single Sunday and donate $20 to the Catholic Church for financing and promoting the pedophilia of their quote-unquote priests. doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily mean you're righteous. Being righteous in the eyes of man is not necessarily being righteous in the eyes of Yahweh God. And it is Yahweh God who is supreme ruler. 
supreme judge, overlord of the universe. This is the reason why Jesus could say to Pilate, you have no power over me, unless it was given to you of Yahweh God. What was that? It was faith. Faith. In essence, those who come along and say the law is done away with, say they have no sin. And if they say they have no sin, they are a liar. We must understand the Bible teaches that. Jesus Christ taught repentance. He taught the Pharisees to repent. And the Pharisees were too hard-hearted, most likely of God, so they would be examples for you today, to repent. They could not understand that Jesus Christ was a good man. And all the while they were teaching, thou shall not kill and thou shall not adulterate. They were engaging in adultery. And they were plotting to murder Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ told them the truth. Jesus Christ loved them. Jesus Christ only did good things. And that, my friends, down here in Satan's kingdom is what made him a threat. So, as it stands, there is a cutoff time. There's a time where you may have to cut off certain abominable branches that are in your life. And there is most certainly, at least according to scripture, a cut off time where it is too late. The Judeo-Christian will come along and say you can live as filthy as you want to. You can think however you want. You can blaspheme. You can have a filthy mouth. And there's no accountability because as long as you, on your deathbed, repent, well, you'll be forgiven. But dear kinsfolk, this is not what is written in the Word of God. There reaches a point where, if you're lucky enough to not be given a reprobate mind by Yahweh God, where Yahweh God will cut you off. Yahweh God will say enough is enough. And suddenly, you will not have the ability to repent because you will not know what it is you're repenting of. We see this type of hypocrisy within Judeo-Christianity. If you go to a modern Judeo-Christian pulpit, you will find many people sitting there on Sunday morning. And then that evening, they'll go home and they'll get drunk, for example, or they'll abuse themselves with mankind. They'll go hang out at the sports bar and engage in nigger worship staring at the athletes on the image screen, the Jew box that's put before their eyes. Oh, there's greater abominations than these, dear kinsfolk, but the point is, it's by fruits you must judge someone. Understand that many people out there, the most wicked people of all, profess to be Christian as well. And the devil knows the law. The devil was the anointed cherub that covereth. Satan knows the law better than you do, and Satan is able to twist it and make a damn convincing argument, if I might add, on whatever abomination it is in your heart that you desire to see. But plain as day, the Word of God has no private interpretation, no prophecy. What the Bible says, it says. And so man may come along and say, it's okay to eat pork, it's okay to take ten wives, it's okay to kill, it's okay to rape. What does the Word of God say, dear kinsfolk? Because therein lies your fruits. Do you have the fruit to go to Yahweh God first? Or is your heart literally twisted wormwood to where you go to man to be backed up? Many people out here go to man. They do not believe that Jesus Christ straightforwardly said, Narrow is the way and few there be that find it. They do not believe a single word Jesus Christ says. It's Jesus Christ who says love your neighbor. But you'll suddenly see these modern Judeo-Christians oftentimes do not love their neighbor. That is, if they're racist, they love their neighbor if they're sinful, if they're gay, if they're an abomination. Many of them will say, well, I'm Christian, but you won't see them visiting them in prison. You will not see them clothing those that need clothing. You will not see them feeding those who are hungry. Rather, you will see them leading greedy lives and stockpiling all their food and money and gold and earthly treasures for themselves. And we covered this in a sermon several months ago, if you might recall.
where Jesus Christ dealt with the rich man. The rich man came along and he said, didn't I give a portion of all I have, all my crops, my servants, my people? And Jesus Christ rebuked him and said, go and give all you have to the poor and then you may follow me. The point is, is they weren't his to give. They weren't I, I, I or me, me, me. They were Yahweh. The earth and the fullness thereof are Yahweh God's. Do you render unto Caesar that which is Caesar? You should. But understand, Caesar owns nothing. This entire earth is Yahweh God's. Thus it is up to us to understand there is a cutoff time. It is up to you to get your house in order now before it is too late. Jesus Christ comes as a thief in the night in an hour that you will not know. In an hour in which the entire world is going to be sitting back thinking Jesus Christ is never going to return. Where is the promise of their coming? That age to a wise man is now. And the reason for that is because Christianity is becoming on a global scale a dying religion. And within Christianity as a general dogma there is a remnant. That remnant are the Anglo-Israel believers. Those who know who Israel is. Those who are able to read Revelation, for example, and understand there are those who profess to be Jews, but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan, for example. They are they who have the key of David, the key to get in. So they're not left out there knocking, saying, let me in, Master, let me in. And Jesus Christ, in essence, will say, no, too late, you weren't prepared. You don't have a key. You're locked out. And so with that being said, dear kinsfolk, understand, Covenant People's ministry is not going anywhere. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us. In fact, we are one of the oldest dual seed line internet websites on the internet. And nothing's going to change that. We have seen countless pastors come and go. We've seen countless people pop up for a time, rail against us, and disappear. And oh, they may cause discord for a while. They may sow dissent for a while. But it doesn't matter because we have continued to grow for the last six years. We haven't gone down at one point. And that also includes when we were on NetFast and Freehostia servers. What that means is we are continuing to grow. Why? Because the focus should be on the Word of God. Indeed, there is a time that we are to be watchmen. But we're never to engage in slander gossip. We're never to be busybody in other people's affairs. Didn't we cover that this morning, dear kinsfolk? Wasn't it Christ who said, worry about the log in your own eye, the beam in your own eye, before you worry about the splinter in your neighbor's eye? And understand this concept. One of the world's greatest problems, in my opinion, is people's inability to mind their own business. People from cops to judges to defects agents to the feds to other pastors to even the flock you preach to will want to get themselves involved in your life, in the slander concerning you. They will allow it within their mind. That is the hypocrisy. Why? Because they want to feel that way anyway. Something about what I teach condemns them, I suppose. Maybe it's because I'm not pro-polygamy. Maybe it's because I'm not pro-antinomianism, saying it's okay to eat pork. Maybe it's because I'm not a Paul basher. It could be because of any of these things. But if we are doing what Jesus Christ said, if we were judging a person according to their fruits, if we listened to a person's mouth and understood that what comes out of their mouth is what's in their heart, that's the fiber of that person's being, that's their spirit, that's who they are. If you understood that, dear kinsfolk, you would have the spiritual discernment 
and you would be equipped enough to go through this world unscathed for the most part. Indeed, there will always be spiritual battles. Indeed, we will always have to cling to Yahweh God in faith. And we must be clean. We must repent on a personal and a national level before it's too late. Why? Because once again, there is always a cutoff time. And on that token, dear kinsfolk, it is now the cutoff time for this sermon. So we hope and pray that this particular broadcast has reached you. If we've touched you, dear kinsfolk, then maybe you can help us continue coming to you. If we've taught you anything, dear kinsfolk, we'd invite you to swing by our website. The address will be given at the conclusion of this broadcast. And sign up for an internet account on our forums. If you do that, dear kinsfolk, you can have many additional features. You can stay updated and you can engage in the fellowship that's required. In this latter era, Yahweh God has us scattered all throughout the world. And the gospel is being published all throughout the world. And Jesus Christ may stand at the door. He may knock. And it is up to you to answer that. Why? Because if you do not answer it, if you're ashamed and cannot answer it, or if you're ill-equipped and are unable to answer it, Jesus Christ will not stand knocking anymore. Jesus Christ will go to the next door. And thus, dear kinsfolk, with that being said, this is Pastor Visser, once again, wishing you and yours great studies. War for Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.